Howdy, gang. Backcountry and Barbells, Joe Shimonic, Jeremy Day in the Zoom call today. We, uh, like all the cool kids um, getting through with their home <laughs> schooling, we uh, wanted to try Zoom. Now, you know, I've done everything on Skype. We've, we use Skype a lot, but um, with everyone doing uh, Zoom chats, my wife, um, you know, she's... She, Jeremy, along with um, being, you know, physical therapist of soldiers over across the street over at JBLM and, and training some interns and, and working with the students, she um, uh, she also teaches part time at uh, UPS, and they're going to be they're going to be teaching remotely. So she got this uh, high speed Zoom account. So I thought we put it to use. Um, I'll tell you, at, at the first thought, I think it's kind of convenient that you can click into it rather than having to kind of share or call each other like that. So maybe when we bring on new folks, uh, that'll make that a little easier. Yeah, for sure. I, it, it definitely make it easier as long as they have internet, right? Yeah, that's right. You need the internet still. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Dirk Durham, remember he had to drive down the road and get out on a ridge and <laughs> dial into us. You know, it's interesting about that. I actually saw Dirk um, do an Instagram post recently where um, – I guess he used to spend a lot of time in his county library doing this stuff, but because the libraries have been closed, yeah. he's had to like do it. He's got to sit on their porch or sit on their little stoop and, and steal their Wi-Fi from the outside to get to get function of it. So hey, where there's a will, there's a way, right? <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, <laughs> especially right. when you're a, you got a business to run, right? Yeah, that's right. You know, it's and it's it's interesting you bring up business. You know the. Uh, the three things we like to talk about here on this show, train, hunt, live. Um, we'll spend a little bit of time talking about training here at the the top of this because, um, you know, we're coming out of this goofy COVID thing we've been in. And, you know, as you kind of look back on it, there's some interesting um, trends or some, you notice some things that are happening. And uh, I don't know, man, it's really weird. Like on one note, you look at, you know, for example, I know a lot of folks probably are training, at big gyms who might listen to this podcast. I mean, I did it for a long time. Um, but, uh, you know, like you look at the effects of it and, you know, small gyms in local areas are having a really hard time because, uh, for some reason they're, they're late and getting some restrictions lifted, but then big gyms are doing, uh, really tough. You don't know if they're going to make it. I was reading something like a, a mainstay has been, you know, 24 hour fitness, but you know, they're in talks right now of, bankruptcy and buyouts yeah well, i mean nobody's able to go to the gyms man and they need those yeah. monthly memberships and everybody's i mean it's i can see how it impacted them huge i mean we've talked about it before offline yeah and 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 on top of that too you know it seems like folks are still spending their money um on gym stuff because at the same time uh it looks like there's like, you know, some of the numbers that I'm seeing are like 177% or 170% increase in the purchasing of like gym equipment or gym related gear. So, you know, the, the, the money's out there. It's just, you know, this thing's really, really messed some things up for some folks. So I'm wondering, you know, what it's going to look like at the end of this um, when, when people come in or, or when restrictions are completely lifted, you know, if that gym equipment is going to be sitting in the corner, not being used and they're going to run right back out to the big gyms or if, if there'll be a resurgence in something that, or a surge in something we've been pushing since the, the start of this podcast was, which is to have some kind of home training ground. Yeah. I, and I think that's where it'll go. I think 
a lot of times people think, well, the only way I can get motivated is by going to a gym. And now that they've kind of been forced to work out at home, they're like, you know what, this really isn't that bad. I'm able to get up every day, do my workout, get, you know, I don't have to spend that hour of driving or, um, you know, taking a shower somewhere else when I'm done with my workout and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I can see why people will start finding it enticing to just start working out at home just for the same reason we've always talked about. Yeah. I love it. I, you know, the home training thing I think is, is an excellent way to go and we'll see, you know, but on the same note you like for these, you know, and, uh, you know, you want businesses to do their thing. You want people to be happy. I mean, there's some really nice amenities and, and there's some, you know, maybe you're someone who trains at lunch break at a big gym, um, in between, uh, what you're doing and, and, and you find them useful. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't know. Uh, interesting times, right? They seem to continue. And as we come out of this COVID situation, um, you know, and, and some other things popping up, it's just, it's just super interesting times to see how, um, you know, trends or, you know, w- where money goes and what it's spent on and what people are doing with it. And um, I, I wish there was another thing to see. I do want to see the other side of that story. Are people's, are people, as active as their spending would, would suggest they are on their fitness. And um, I don't know how you would find that out. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Just to pay attention, right? Well, I guess we'll watch, uh, maybe watch the chronic disease numbers. If, if, they, <laughs> yeah, wonder, exactly. if the chronic well, disease numbers fall as quickly as these um, uh, numbers on spending of gym equipment rise, maybe that means that's a good thing. Well, I think so. And you talk to like, um, I've been trying to get up to PR fitness and get some stuff. And every time I call him, he's out of stock. He's like, I can't keep it in. Mm. It just flies right off the shelf as quick as it comes in. And even rogue, even when we had, um, Pete on and you know, he said, Oh yeah, I can't get this piece of equipment, the, the row machine. And so my wife got on there cause after listening to the podcast, she's like, man, that sounds really cool. And she got on there and started researching it. And yeah, there's a huge back order on a lot of the equipment. Yeah. And, and, and same thing, you know, I train a handful of folks all over the country and, you know, my recommendation, you know, we make it to it with the base camp program. It's like, Hey, you know, pull up bar, uh, something to slam around some rubber bands and some jump rope and you can do all right. And I've had folks who were like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting two weeks on my medicine ball. You know what I mean? So stuff that, you know, is, is readily available is not anymore. So, you know, and to, I don't know, on top of that, I think it's great. I think it's cool. Um, I hope people are doing it, but man, um, you still got to do the work. You can't just buy the gear. You know, how many people, I wonder, I wonder even if, here's a funny question based off this like topic of, uh, gym memberships, you know, a place like, um, even one, like, uh, what's the purple one? What's the purple globo gym where, where you can't holler and scream and sweat. What's that one? Planet fitness. Oh, Planet Fitness. Yeah. 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 I think you work out too hard in there and that alarm goes off and they kick you out. Um, I didn't but, know uh, that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tease about it, but yeah, no, if you get too riled up, uh, if you get too broed out, um, yeah, the alarm goes off and they, they buzz you out of there. But um, that's interesting. It's not a hardcore gym, but no, but there's a good training place for everybody. And I, I don't mean to make light of it, but I bring Planet Fitness up because, you know, part of their model is a, it's a, it's a let's get you on board model, right? You pay you pay under ten bucks a month. Um, excuse me, there. You pay under ten bucks a month, 
And then, um, you know, half the time you don't even show up. Right. And, and you got to wonder how much of their business model is let's make it so inexpensive that, you know, it makes sense to just keep it going. So I, I wonder how well gyms would be doing if the people who weren't going there also weren't paying their bill to go there. Yeah, I don't think they would do that. Great. I mean, they usually <laughs> tried to sign you up for a one-year lease, right? Or yeah, yeah. one-year commitment, a lot of them. And then they kind of went away from that. But then there was a higher upfront cost. And, you know, that's where they like make a lot of their money too, is just the initiation fee. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the point here is whether you're going to the gym or whether you're buying gear, none of it works for you if you're not if you're not hammering away at, at and actually doing the dang movements, right? And, and putting some effort in and doing it smart and being happy. So uh, it's just interesting to me. Well, I told Michelle. Oh, sorry. I, I, I told Michelle the other day when we were talking about those, those robe machines and because she's been really wanting to get one. And I said, hey, honey, let's wait three months because I bet you there's going to be an influx of them up, up for sale because nobody's going to be using them. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're the trendsetter, right? Because that was the thing, right? When you got into CrossFit, it's like, um, you know, the thing with CrossFit was, you know, get, get this, get this on eBay, get that. And, you know, the rowers, uh, you, you they were hard to come by. I wonder if yeah. you're following trends now, someone's like, yeah, this thing don't work. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. Or they were like, oh, I got to make room for it. Or it's just sitting there collecting dust. Just like you're saying, how many of these people buy these things with the intent, but then don't, you know, then they use them for a little bit and then they're like, oh, lost motivation or what have you because it's hard to keep the motivation i mean like with us we're in there every single i'm in my gym every single day at home yeah aka office aka um hangout room bro trophy room yeah that's right <laughs> i've got everything in here but um yeah people just lose interest in doing stuff at home it's it's kind of interesting you know, having to tap into your will to do something every single day. Cause I know I, there's days I struggle. Like, no, I believe it. Huge. Yeah. We all go through it. And sometimes that means just kind of listening to your body a little bit and, and varying things up and breaking up the novelty. I know, you know, on that note, I'm not going to lie to you. You know, I'm a big, um, you guys, I'm a big proponent of lifting heavy weights and barbell training and kettlebell work. But you know, a lot of the folks that I've been training, they were stuck at home and they were willing to work out at home, but they just didn't have any gear at all. Right. And maybe they're on waiting lists. So I put myself recently through this body weight workout where, you know, for the last I'm going on fifth week now where I haven't picked up anything. I've been just doing, you know, squats, push ups, pull ups, uh, dips, squat jumps, you know, but how's that going? Now I was going to say really good, you know, and you can break yourself off pretty hard. Um, with just body weight movements and you know, it's a different level of soreness, but what, what, what kind of rolling through that made me realize was like, uh, there's, you don't have to lift heavy to get, you know, heavy workouts in, if that makes any sense. Like, it's just, it, it was really cool to do. So even with that in mind, you know, you know, breaking up your stuff is probably a great way to just, um, to, to not get into that stale moment. Right. You know, you need breaks from movements a lot of times because you're run down, right? You should listen to your body. So going off of what you said to, 
you know, to keep going, maybe the idea when you need to take a break or you feel like you want to stop or you have this um, battle with will to, to keep changing, maybe it's not stopping. It's just changing it up. And for me, um, it's been kind of eye-opening, man. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm tinkering with some really cool ideas, I think, in, in, time, in terms of um, writing different workout setups where, you know, whether it's like uh, uh, in a week you have a three-day split where you have the heavy barbell day, the, the kettlebell day, and then the body weight day, or breaking up different things where maybe for three weeks you're doing body weight, three weeks you're doing kettlebells, three weeks you're doing barbells, and just kind of cycling through that through the year. But you know, you know, for whatever reason, I think all of that would work for somebody, but, uh, you know, maybe the idea is to proactively, um, not let your will force you out of the gym by, um, being proactive in just varying your workout up enough where, um, you don't get bored with it or hurt or, or, um, demoralized by it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And now have you found that you've lost mu- muscle mass or you're, sustaining your muscle mass no it's i'm I'm the same i mean look it's so funny i was talking to a buddy about this and i was like i i bet if you averaged my weight since um my uh there was one year where i got beer heavy and i got to like 203 pounds and whoa yeah at that time i was benching 340 it was probably my as close to i would come as a powerlifting phase and this was uh probably a year and a half after college and you know i was you know, drinking a lot of beer, being 24, you know what I mean? And um, that's the heaviest I've been. But outside of that year where I spiked that heavy, I've been a hundred, I've been between 183 and 187 pounds, you know? <laughs> and wow. Still, that's impressive. Yeah. Still, even with this, you know what I mean? And I don't know if that's for, for, for better or worse. Um, you know, strength numbers will change here and there. And, you know, for whatever reason, things can dip in and out of that. Um, you know, but, but yeah, that, that average weight right there. And I went, I, it's funny you asked that I jumped on the scale yesterday just to see what was going on. And it was the only time I've jumped on the scale, um, in this body weight thing. You know, I usually keep it right there in front of the bathroom and I, but for whatever reason, I nonchalantly haven't really been checking my weight and I checked it up yesterday. What I weigh 87 pounds and, uh, you know, I'm not doing real uh, body composition measurements, but you know, I'll measure my body composition by, uh, pretty much, uh, standing on the scale and taking my shirt off. And I'm like, okay, that looks, that looks easiest way, right? That looks good. (laughs) So, and you, and I feel good. Yeah. It must be good. Yeah. So, so honestly, no, I haven't had a lot. And then that's the other thing too. Like, you know, it's, it's interesting. I'm seeing, I'm, I'm getting changed to certain things, you know, and, and thoughts by, by some of this. And, uh, and again, I'm just, I guess what I'm speaking to is just change things up. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's fun to do. And I'll, the biggest thing I've been looking at from this body weight stuff is it's making me actually enjoy the training again and reminding me that you should feel good after you work out. You know, I, I, there's a, there's a different energy after you have a good body weight session. It's not, um, it's not the beat down afterwards, you know, when you keep the body weight movement short and sweet, like yesterday I did five rounds, 10 box or 10 squat jumps, uh, 10 pull-ups, uh, 10, pu- 10 pushups on the rings. And when you're limited in that volume, I could do more than 10 of each of those. 
in any right. one set. But when I'm limited by the volume to do those fast and hard um, and get in and out of it and limit the volume and monitor my intensity and regulate the workout, like you get out of it. I was like, oh, I feel good. I feel like I could do something. You know, and I forgot that, <laughs> you know, that's the way training should make you feel sometimes. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. And it makes you want to come back. If it's too mundane or it's too, like, taxing all the time, which we all figured, found out that I was kind of beyond the point of taxing. It was just like, it, I didn't want to do anything. I was like, oh, crap, I got to work out. Yeah, that was, and I think that, you know, for better or worse, I think kind of CrossFit's guilty of that, you know, sneaking into different things and higher intensities, um, you know, and it, it's cool to, it's cool to make the sweat angel and, you know, you know, no pain, no gain, but it's also cool to enjoy yourself and be able to walk away from a workout without a scar too. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that that's cool. So I'm cycling, I'm cycling, you know, I'm cycling with some ideas based off of my little body weight venture um, and, and putting some things together. I think that are cool. And I've, I've been using my little training group um, folks that I personal train for is like guinea pigs and it's cool to see some of it, you know, guys, you know, and it, it's fun to see. It's fun for people to get to. And um, I know, I know I remixed something for you. Uh, is that, is that still been a pleasant experience? Oh yeah, dude. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I'm, actually probably more sore throughout my whole body than usually when I was doing all the other things. And I think it's because I'm isolating the muscle groups a little better and not doing so many repetitions to where I, you know, lose my focus or, um, interest for the lack of better terms. Cause you know, when you sit there and put up 20 or something at about 14, you're like 15, 16, 17. Sure. You know what I mean? Instead of like right now I'm doing five or eight and I'm like one and I'm just all into it because I only have a few to do. So it's like, I can keep my focus on that muscle group for that short period of time. Now I've been loving it. My whole body feels great. Um, working through some of my old injuries are starting to finally leave, you know, my broken foot's kind of gone now. I went for my first four mile walk yesterday. Oh, very cool. So, um, I've been riding the, riding the, uh, the spin bike, but I haven't been standing up or doing anything kind of keeping low intensity, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what's really interesting. I was just thinking about this yesterday cause I haven't been doing a lot of, um, my uh, rolling out my legs or shoulders or anything like that, but my, everything is feeling really good right now. So I just started, I did the roller the other night and then I'll do my shoulders and stuff tonight. But that's one thing that I've noticed is that the aches and pains aren't there like they were before. Very cool. Yeah, yeah no, it's been great. Well, and, so and my son is now doing it. Joey, while he's home from college, he's been doing the program every single day with me. I mean, he does it at separate times, of course, but, um, but yeah. Cool. Is he, is he hammering away with that sandbag ears too? Yeah. Yeah. He's oh, killing it. Very cool. Well, that's, that's awesome, man. Uh, that's good. You know, maybe we'll have to put something together where you guys can do some partner, some partner training and, 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 and sync that stuff up between two of you and see, so get some competitive juices flowing between father and son. <laughs> I'll win that out there. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't discount it. Look, man, there's a, um, I don't know if I ever told this story when I was teaching my first teaching job at, uh, San, uh, Sanford, North Carolina, Wesley middle school, a little spot. Um, but there was this guy, uh, Mike ribbit. 
I used to play basketball with and Mike was a, a surly old um, football coach, you know, uh, still in it well into his forties. He was always playing, running, doing stuff. And we used to play, I could never beat Mike Ribbit in basketball. I'll tell you what, I just couldn't do it. Um, he just had a way, you know, there's, there's something, I don't know the quote exactly, but like, uh, I'll look it up before we go, but it's, it's along the lines of like, um, it's hard to beat like the cunningness and the, the experience of an old man, you know, youth and ex- youth and exuberance can do so much, but right. it's, it's hard for them to overcome, uh, cunning and experience. Well, you know, my first, uh, I've always been like a 110% guy and I'll work myself until I die in any kind of competition and I was playing this guy in racquetball one time and he was just he was doing this one little move that was just kicking my ass and I'd run across the court and then he'd flick that ball he'd lob it over nice and slow but I could still never get it over and hit it quite right sure and uh, that was my first lesson of you know experience how what it can do for you as far as in a game it's not always just giving 110 percent effort it's about you know is working smarter, not harder, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I did the same thing. I was playing this at um, the YMCA eight, nine years ago. I was playing pickup games every Tuesday and Thursday night basketball, and I had to guard this guy. And I, Joe, I'm joking. I'm not joking. He was probably 74. Hmm. But man, he w- he just knew where to put his legs. He knew where to put his arms, and I just I couldn't defend him. And I'm pretty. I mean, defense is where I'm at in basketball, and it was it was awfully amazing. I was I was pretty stoked. It's it, so, and that's just a sign that you know keep playing, keep getting it right. You know, uh, f- be active yep. with. You got to experience doing. it. Sure, um, but that, it, it's interesting to get into some of these thoughts and what's going on. And, and one of the reasons I wanted to bring some of some of this other stuff up is um, uh, a, a training story, I guess. And I'm trying to make this link between the, the equipment uh, purchasing and what I saw that amazed me um, was uh, me and my son sat down and I don't know if you followed this. There's not much sports to be watched. Uh, I paid for a UFC fight a few, few weeks ago and they had no one in the crowd. And um, But a cool thing that we watched together was, did you check out that space launch? I did, man. That was way cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty wild. So so where that even comes into play is after the space launch, uh, I started to see a bunch of videos of these maniacs uh, training in space. Did you see those videos I sent you? I did. I didn't see the ones where they were all training in space, but I saw the documentary on um, the equipment itself and yeah. what they're coming up with and stuff like that. It made me amaze, amazed. And I was like, how long before... I was like, I was thinking, how long before companies are offering that gear, and how long is it going to take for the stimulus checks to be so big where we can buy that stuff? Because that—that's <laughs> that's the first thing I thought. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that stuff's pretty. That's that's pretty cool. You know, there's always thing like, how the heck do you lift weights in space, treadmills in space? But they have these cool tethered treadmills and these cool. Um, they use these vacuum sealed. Um, tubes and and different pulley systems to mimic uh resistance training in space um and i just thought that was pretty amazing you know if if these guys can these guys can lift weights in space uh hopefully hopefully you know all these sales and people buying fitness gear can figure out a way to train effectively at home i think that was pretty cool (laughs) for sure i thought was interesting is you know because that things they're not like 
it looks like they're allowed to be if, if they're upside down they can still work out or which whatever yeah. wherever they are man it, it was pretty amazing but yeah the first thing i thought too was like oh my gosh what is the cost on that guy yeah because there was a lot of because you got to think they have to conserve energy they have to do there's a lot of things they have to do when they're flying yeah uh, yeah and and you know whatever you know whether it's um I don't know, different materials we can now throw in the microwave or, or whatnot, but you know, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that's developed in NASA ends up becoming like a commercial ready product. And I'm just looking at some of this training stuff and I'm like, okay, you know, how long before we're seeing some of this in, in the gyms and homes and whatnot. And then the, the other thought that I had on it was, um, dang it. If training in space isn't super similar to th- those demands there, right? Because, what happens to these guys who are in space, they have to, they have to proactively uh, engage in exercise because of the low gravity demands. You end up um, losing muscle. Um, you end up losing bone mass. And, you know, there's some circulatory issues that end up um, happening if you're, if you're in space too long. And I, I couldn't help but think right away. I was like, huh, that seems a lot like the issues with people who are overly sedentary. So, you know, yeah. I, I, I wonder what NASA's done in terms of some of their own research to figure out and probably need to do more digging into this, like, uh, like how much space is too much space. And then if you can't equate that same ratio to like how much sedentary behavior is too much sedentary behavior before you need to get up and proactively beat it. Right. No, I know that'd be interesting. Yeah. It'd be, you know, and let's see if there'd be smarter guys than us who can do the research do, and get the numbers and then find a way to interpret them so we can use them. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know there's about 99% of the population out there is smarter than me, Joe. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, you, you rub two dummies together. Hopefully something, something comes out and that's what we're trying to do here a little bit, uh, <laughs> a little bit in that regard, but so another thing I wanted to get in with you, I know you just came off summer vacation and I'm working some things out uh, to get into the summer. And again, all this is interesting, but you know, uh, with restrictions coming out, we're, 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 we're planning some, uh, we're going to go out to the San Juan islands again, and we're looking to get down to Cannon beach. Um, do you see your summer plans changing much or I know you just got out of your trip or do you think it's going to be business as usual for the, for the day family? I think it's going to be business as usual. I mean, we don't have too much going on. We have a couple camping trips. I have my 25th anniversary coming up next week. So my wife and I are, um, well, then it'll be this week once this releases, but um, we're going to go to a little Airbnb up in um, Paul's Bow and hang out for a couple of days. Cool. Because they, we usually will go camping or something, but since there's no camping really campsites available, we're not, yeah. we didn't want to drive all around to try to find one. The, the camping thing's interesting. We were at an Olympic last weekend and you could hike Olympic, you could be an Olympic, but they don't want anyone in the campsites. I, and that's one I'm, that's one I'm, that's one I'm trying to figure out why. Is there, is there a reason why they're not allowing folks to camp and be overnight? I have not a clue. Oregon, you're allowed to. I mean, we went, um, when we were down there, we went, fishing at a lake and their campsites were completely full yeah yeah i could see that they don't want them to be overwhelmed and you don't want a lot of people using 
maybe the limited facilities that are there. Um, but I would think maybe limit the campsites. Don't just shut them down. Well, and even with that, I mean, the campsites are usually you go with your family and you can be with your family and those campsites are usually 20, 30 feet apart from each other. Yeah. So it's weird, man. It's getting to be too much. Yeah. Especially this late in the game. Well, yeah. And too, I mean, look, not, not to, I mean, there's some wild protests going on right now, right? If there's, if there's not a giant spike in, if there, if literally this is, I don't know, I don't know how this will be received, but if there's not a giant spike in COVID cases in the near future, after all this bullshit that's going on in these big cities, Seattle included, you know, LA for sure, then don't, wouldn't you have to like make the, take the next step and say that either we were lied to about how serious COVID was or that they were, they really, overestimated how bad they thought the thing could be? Well, I hope they openly admit it and then open everything back up and just business as usual. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, these riots, there's thousands of people grouped up together and then you have the police force that has to be grouped up together. And I mean, it was in New York. They said there was an (laughs) in, there was a spike in um, cases, but they said it's, completely unrelated from the rioting but yeah it seems like there are some spikes but you know the spikes that are here locally are spikes in like retirement homes and in the communities that are already getting it so i'm interested in seeing what happens with you know if you know all this craziness that's happening and if there's another spike in some of this stuff but it just makes you wonder what the hell is going on and if there wasn't Again, it's easier to say that after the fact, right? But you know, oh, yeah, for sure. You'd imagine to some degree, maybe the reopening will will either happen a lot quicker, or it's going to go back to more stay-at-home orders based off of you know what's going to happen in the next few weeks after these protests. Yeah, well, I hope it's business as usual. I don't think there's going to be that. I don't, and I don't even think the spike in New York is even that significant. Yeah. So, so um, it's hard to tell, man. All I know is that, you know, the world is in unrest. We've all been locked down for months and months and we have all this pinned up energy, especially all these, the youth of America and of the nation of oh, yeah. the world. And then all of a sudden you get some people that want to riot and loot. And then it's just like the fuel that sparks the big fire. Right. Yeah. You know, um, I put out a post with this recently, my butt, you know, everyone was doing this blackout business and I was like, you know, I don't know if this is the time where people need to not do anything. <laughs> you know, I think maybe the time, yeah, I know. maybe it's the time where um, we need to proactively fight to make our community stronger. And uh, you know, the, the post that we put out um, was a cool post from my friends at third pool apparel was uh, you know, um, lift more hate less you know what i mean and 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 the thought there is like make yourself stronger make your community stronger don't you know i get if people are angry if i 100 percent get it people are angry and it's not fair and it's not good and it's not a great reflection of of anybody when when horrible things happen to people but you know going back to kindergarten you know two wrongs don't make right you know nope violence ain't going to fix anything you know and and and, 
you, you need to get out there and make yourself stronger. So maybe put your frustration towards push-ups. you know, not, not, uh, not pulling down monuments, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. All the effort these people are doing running around looting and yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of energy put out right there. Yeah. So, you know, tighten some things up in that regard and, 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 and that'll be cool. And, you know, one of the things I think that could be really cool in terms of support and hunting and fishing communities is, um, you know, as I was getting my summer plans together and talking to my uncle, he kind of spurred this idea in my mind and is to, to support a local fishing guide or support a local hunting guide or, um, you know, support your local fly shop or, or, or bow club because, you know, that's the way to tighten up your community and keep your dollars in there rather than, you know, if you are getting a stimulus check, you know, blowing it on something, you know, I guess, I guess the thought there is, uh, you know, um, what is it, you know, Northwest, great Northwest archery probably needs your money more than Walmart does. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, and I think that's a great idea. It just, it just helps that guy that's probably lost business over the last two or three months. And we're coming up on, what is it? I think starting June. Yeah. June, July, and even August are their three busiest months of the year where they make all their bacon. So, yeah. So get out. So I know I have uh, I have three fishing trips planned. Uh, two of them, two of them, two of them with a local guide here, um, right out of Seattle. Uh, one's going to be my uncle started this one. He, you know, we've talked about the sea run cutthroats with Pete Dahlgren and, um, I've talked about him on the show before, but my uncle finally, uh, stopped telling me about fishing trips and he's getting me on one. So me and his, me and his little outfitter are going to go tool around in this guy's boat and, and see all the cool spots where you can catch sea run cutthroats. But, uh, this guy, this guy, Brett Wedeking, uh, he also, uh, he also does really, he does, uh, guided trips all year and a cool trip that he does are these cascade hiking trips. And I've been, I've been looking for someone who would, could get up in these mountains and, and trout stream in some of these smaller spots. You're, you're kind of boulder hopping and hiking and it's a fun way to do it. Uh, it reminds me of kind of my first big fishing trip in Montana, but he does that. So we have something like that scheduled. And then, um, uh, we are taking a small trip out to the San Juans and uh, we got a cool, I, I think I talked about it last year. We did like the whale watching uh, fishing combo. So we're going to do some bottom fishing with those guys and checking out those residents. So, um, you know, uh, we got that going, man. So yeah, that'll be fun. I figured, you know, we got, we got those things going on here, but imagine if everybody, you know, who, you know, who's thinking about it, you know, go out and support a local shop or a local guide somehow and, and, and inject something into your community. So, so, um, you guys can be stronger and better suited and, and learn more about it and, um, help those guys out rather than, you know, um, not doing anything. Right. So I agree. So ain't and, nothing wrong with helping to, you're supporting your local, your local shop. Yeah. So, um, I'll make a push. For, I think I'll make a push for that personally. And I think it's, it's probably a cool thing to do. Um, you know, even the wife recently, uh, on another even smaller scale, what you can do in that regard is, um, you know, we've been, I eat, I eat, I eat a heck ton of eggs, um, at least six or eight a day. Um, and, uh, we're popping yolks into the pan and she goes, Holy, she goes, this one's almost red. 
and I looked at, she had bought in some, um, she'd gotten some, you know, eggs from a local farmer or something. I don't know where she had gotten them from exactly, but they were local. And, and even in that regard, if, even if it's simple as getting some more local, more local grub, I don't know if farmer's markets are going to be coming up, but the, the produce you do get, if you keep your eye open for some local stuff, I can't imagine that something like that wouldn't help things too. Yeah, for sure. And you know, there's a company out there, they're in Oregon, it's called Azure, A-Z-U-R-E. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's a co-op and they'll, they have just certain delivery spots all over Oregon and Washington where you can, um, you, you go online and then you can order your fresh produce. But what they do is they buy all their produce from um, smaller organic um, farmers. Cool. So it's supporting all these little farmers and they have chickens and eggs and you can get meat. You can just get about anything, grains, any, anything you want. And you just order it and then you meet them at the meeting spot at, you know, Thursday in Allen or whatever. And, um, at four o'clock. So what's you that? go there and you pick up all your groceries and then you take them home. What's that called? Azure. A-Z-U-R-E. Yeah, cool. So that's a Azure Standard Co-op is what the name of it is. So that's like a little local, local supported um, supply chain, right? Yeah, Rather- and it's all organic. Yeah, um, it's all healthy eating. You know, my neighbor told me about it this last week, and I got on there and started researching it, and it, I was like, "Holy smoke, this is pretty stinking cool." You know, I mean, look, I'm as you know, we we make the Costco run, right? But I can't imagine. I bet you, I bet you the folks who are on that Azure um, co-op list probably need your money a little bit more than Mr. Costco right now. So uh, maybe that, maybe that'll be the next step in all this is to maybe just even up the food stuff coming in. But, you know, I guess the idea is like, you know, how can, again, coming out of this whole goofy COVID thing, it's like, you know, what can we do to make the best of it and keep it going and support the community as it gets stronger? And, you know, I get people are frustrated by, you know, uh, you know, horrible events that, you know, shouldn't happen anymore, but I just can't, I just can't see how burning down local businesses, not supporting local businesses. Um, I I just can't see how those things are going to be a good use of your time right now. So maybe, you know, put your frustrations towards, you know, researching your local co-op, you know, hitting your garage training and then, you know, supporting your local businesses, not tearing them down. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand why anybody thinks it's okay to burn and pillage and steal. That just it's it's beyond me. Well, you know, I had those ambitions when I was um I don't know, seven and you burn ants with a magnifying glass. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, as adults. (laughs) I don't know how else you say that, you know, but eventually you you know, eventually I don't know when it happens, but you can, you know, not to I can't name names this because it'll probably get me fired from, you know, a job that I love, but you know, you can look into a kid's eyes around seventh and eighth grade when they start to change coming out of middle school and you see it change or some, something that happens in there where, you know, you, you want to lift things up or you want to burn things down. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and um, you know, we're all, we're all apt to handle stress and we all will, we all will thrive and, um, do really well on the right amount of stress and we all need it. But, you know, if, if you overdo it or don't give enough of it, you know, whether it's entitlements or a bad demeanor, 
um, or, you know, violent tendencies, you know, you can go the other way too. So I don't know how you even, I don't know how you score that out. Um, but you know, stress is an interesting thing. We need it. Um, but we need the right amount of it. Right. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's some folks out there trying to figure that out. You know what I mean? And, um, if you're one who's apt to do it, then maybe you have to figure out a way you can't spread the word and help people handle it. I think I've always handled stress by trying my best to stay positive and trying my best to stay active. And, you know, even, even when I don't feel like training just to continue this conversation, you know, I'll put my effort somewhere else. Like I, I won't lie to you. There was a, you know what I did on Memorial day? You were out on vacation. Um, I did a, I did a, a I did a CrossFit hero wad. You ever hear this workout called Murph? Uh, no, I haven't, except for from your posts. Yeah, yeah. So Murph is a, if, if anyone's familiar with CrossFit, I apologize. But for those who aren't, Murph is a, Murph is a, it's a, it's one of those staple wads that everyone who's done CrossFit, you've either heard of it or done it, but it's a mile run, uh, 200, it's a mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and then another mile run you do with a 20-pound vest on. Uh, but I was, nice. yeah, I was not feeling good after that. Um, I but, bet not. <laughs> but before that workout, I had a, I think I had my first, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to age myself. I think I had a first little, I think I had a little, little hemorrhoid flare up, Jeremy. Uh-oh. Well, that's no good. <laughs> yeah, I had, I think I got a little aggressive trying to get on and off the pot, right? But, <laughs> You wanted to get that workout in. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but it was right around that time. So then after my little hemorrhoid situation and uh, after the workout, you know, I did take a few days off. Uh, I just wasn't up for it. But, you know, rather than protest and go crazy about my working out, um, I got into I got into a couple books. And one of the books I got into was uh, uh, Boys in the Boat, which I've been posting about. And then I've been reading also um, – about Teddy Roosevelt, which is cool. So, you know, if you don't have the strength to do one thing, you should find a way to put your strength in something else. that's pretty productive. I guess that's the long way short there. So, yeah. um, Well, I think people need to start giving our, our troops and our police officers are a little bit more credit, man, because they're out there trying to protect us. And a lot of these mayors are throwing them under the bus. Yeah. Not allowing them to do their jobs and, I think uh, we need to stand up for our boys in blue and gals in blue. Yeah. And, it's, you know, it's starting to get super frustrating for me, you know? Sure. Cause uh, well, I'm, I think, I'm a patriot, man. And I love America and I don't think looting and doing all that is American stuff. And then I especially respect our, our blue that are out there protecting us and keeping law and order or trying to. And then you have some politicians that are using this as a political advantage. It's, we we just need to stick up for our blue. Yeah, and and I hear you, and and I would agree. You know, I think we do. Um, and but I can also see the side of it where folks are, you know, is it is it protection for everybody? You know, there's there's a there's obviously a segment of society that um, it doesn't feel that they're being fairly treated, right? So, but what 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 I can say for sure is, you know. In my opinion, though, too, I don't know that it's hard to sit there and look at an, an armored division of folks. Um, and then on the other side, you have, you know, the people yelling and screaming and hollering and challenging those folks. You know, both sides of that situation, I would say, aren't 
aren't right in that regard. You know, there's a real, there's some really cool footage actually coming out of like Flint, Michigan, where their police sheriff, rather than being divisive, you know, when they were supposed to go break up a protest and get involved, you know, he, he takes off his riot gear and he says, Hey, I'm here together with you. And then they go praying around the street together. So I don't know how you do it, man, but in some of these communities where there's a divisiveness, you know, um, somebody needs to take the lead and say, we're in this together because, you know, that's when laws and police force and all that stuff. And, you know, I'm no activist. I'm just speaking, you know, for uh, opinion here. I'm not going to be a policymaker. I'm sure no one's even going to listen to what I have to say about it, but like somewhere in those really tough spots, um, someone has to have the courage within that community to rise up and say, we need to do this together and not, not being so divisive about it. Well, I think, you know, it's the classic case of the bad apple spoils the bunch and you have this one or two or 3% of people um, and any corporation, any, and any entity that are corrupt and they have certain thoughts and ideas on how they want to do things, prejudice, and then they go out and act upon those. And then it just makes it look bad for everybody else. Sure. Nobody, you and I don't know what these police go through on a daily basis. I mean, they're, they're dealing with people that are criminals every single day. I had a buddy in high school that, um, his name's Keith and he, he went, he became a police officer, went on to a domestic violence call, opened up the door. The guy swings the door open with a gun in his hand and shoots him in the neck. Hmm. And so he went through his rehabilitation and everything was good. And then he got released to go back into uh, back on the streets. But every time somebody would do that same motion that he saw, he would get overly aggressive because he thought he was going to get shot in the neck. So can you imagine being a police officer, even these troops every single day, having to be dealing with people that say things, do things. And then how are you not, and you're trying to make a quick judgment, you know, Sure. It's it's hard for you and I because here we are living in our suburbs, yeah. living I mean the easy life and not having to deal with it. And I, you know, I grew up on the streets as a kid. I, we were super duper poor. My parents were drug addicts, so I seen the ugly of the ugliest, and that's why I chose to do what I do with my children, and that's protect them and shelter them from all that. So, I mean, we have all these backseat drivers, but the I what you we need to do as a community is to go into these areas and help clean up, educate, do everything and just be part of a, all of a community instead of sitting on the sidelines and bitching about how hmm. this group and that group, that's only just forcing division. Yeah, you're right. Maybe that, maybe that's it, you know? So, um, jumping out and seeing, helping out folks who are having issues with it. You know, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's tough. It's a tough moment. You know, there's, there's some weird unrest here. Um, um, and I just, uh, yeah, I, it's just a matter of, like you said, I mean, forcing yourself in there to realize we're all doing this. Well, like we always talk about, man, if you want, if you want change, you make change. Yeah. You go out and change it. You don't sit around and talk about it. Yeah. If you sit around and talk about it and all you do is you just spark this unnecessary energy that doesn't need to be there. And all of a sudden you're super pissed off because you're not doing anything about it. But you, you'd say, well, I listened to somebody the other day in an email. There's a big email stream going around in my family. And they said, well, I'm going to start spending my money for the a particular party so that we can get laws and stuff 
pushed into to protect us from all this stuff. And it's like, that's not where it's at. You can't rely on the federal government. You can't rely on your state government. You have to do it yourself. So, yeah. And well, and that goes to kind of what we were saying outside of just maybe even spending your money in local fly shops and finding local guides. I mean, to, to really combat all this civil unrest in your community, you have to, you have to get in there and interact with it, right? Teach and, a kid how to go fishing. Teach a family yeah. how to go fishing. Teach a family how to go hunting. Teach a family to be self-reliant, you know? Volunteer. Yeah. I mean, it's super duper easy. Yeah, what a super time to maybe get into public lands and public spaces, right? You know, maybe there, if the movement's there to branch out and, and, and sort some of these things out and show folks um, the benefits of, of getting outdoors and and not, you know grouping yourself up and into the mob, but maybe branching out to um, make your own mob out there. But, you know, a productive one that can do things and, and enjoy those spaces might be the way to go. Um, yeah. So I don't know, man, but it's, it's wild times, brother. It is uh, wild times. I, I mean, I know I'm coming, I'm struggling with exactly what to do, you know, and what, where you're bringing your kids up in this and, and how to be productive and how to be helpful. Cause I won't lie to you as um, you know, as a white fella, you know, you almost feel like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't sometimes, you know what I mean? You look like if you're going out and trying to help some folks, it's some kind of weird appropriation that you get accused of. And then sometimes, you know, if you sit back and say, I'm going to take care of mine and make sure my kids are strong and, and, you know, we'll focus on us. And then it's like, ah, you know, way to flex your privilege, you know? So it's just like, ah, so, um, you know, where, where do you, where do you come at odds with some of that stuff? So, uh, well, I think part of it too, Joe, is just everybody's looking at terms in color. And when you look at things, terms in color, then you, it forces division. Yeah. Right. It'd be just like us saying, you know, we're the, we're using traditional archery equipment versus all this mechanical crap or the fly fisherman that's using flies and then you got the lure fishermen and there's that division it's like who cares we're Mm. all fishermen yeah we're all hunters yeah it really doesn't matter your method it doesn't matter how you go about life it doesn't matter your color you just treat everybody with equal respect and then help each other out that's all you have to do it's it's super duper simple but i don't know why people get so hung up on you know i guess that that privilege this privilege yeah yeah, so I don't know, simplify it, you know, you're, we're all Washingtonians right now, right? And then, you know, all Americans, so we'll work that out, hopefully. Hopefully it gets worked out, it's, it's hard to see, it's just hard to see, it's hard to see going from one controversy to the next, and they just seem to get really a little worse, you know what I mean? <laughs> just, well, I don't think, you know, beating you social down. media and all this other stuff, I don't think humans are getting that interaction that they really need for the stimuli in the brain to be you know, better performers in what they do. And that's just helping each other. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like everything is from the touch of your fingers rather face to face. And I think face to face, I mean, let's face it. You, you have people over for dinners and stuff like that all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's super enjoyable. But imagine a lot of these people that don't do that because they put themselves in this little recluse and then they don't get that kind of energy. And they're always these depressed individuals because you need, interaction with other humans yeah i wonder god designed us to be yeah i wonder you you bring that up it's like i wonder if this 
And I don't, again, I don't know how you prove it, but I, I guess as we're kind of spitballing on it, I can't help but think that maybe this is also the backlash of a group that's overly tied to technology and, and deprived of, you know, um, interactions with, with, with um, real wild things and, and real people, you know what I mean? Yeah. So who knows? It might be. Um, but uh, I know, I'll, I know, I know what I'm going to try and do this summer, sir. This is, you know, when I'm prepping for elk camp and some things like that, we're going to, we're getting out there and, um, you know, supporting, supporting who's close to us in the Pacific Northwest and, um, you know, getting out there and enjoying, you know, wild spaces and, and also, you know, training our butts off, you know what I mean? So, well, I hope you catch some big ones, man. Yeah. So my, my fishing trip was two weeks ago. We went to Medford and went out on the lake for an hour and I caught three 18 inch trout. Nice. Well, where so They might've been 16. Well, they might've been 12. <laughs> yeah, that's right. no, I, I'm just kidding you. They were probably in between 14 and 16. What lake? Um, lake of the Woods, I believe is the name of it outside of Medford. Can you publicly access that or is that got to be, um, is that a private lake? Yeah. No, it's public. It, everything down in that region was open. I got, I went and got a three day fishing license, me and Joey, and oh, cool. we went salmon fishing and then we went uh, for a couple days and then we went up there and, and fished on that lake out of the boat. Titus caught his first two giant fish. He was pretty stoked. He's laughing so damn hard. I thought he was going to drop the pole in the water. <laughs> yeah. So is it, were you out, you're out on the boat or were you on the beach? I'm yeah. Sorry. Yeah. We we're out on a boat. My father-in-law's got a boat that he's had for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Oh, fired up, man. So, yeah. yeah. It was, it was, it was a kick in the butt, but. Well, I mean, who does? I love fishing, man. Who doesn't? I grew up fishing that Boise River. Yeah. You know, I, I would have to say there's something wrong with you if you don't put a smile on your face. <laughs> something bites you under that line. But uh, I did be- get a picture though of my brother-in-law, my son, and sister-in-law and um, niece, they were all on their cell phones while fishing mm. on the river. <laughs> okay. They were on the boat or? No, we were cast fishing into the river. And they're, we we're all it, bank fishing. How do you even do that? You got a pole in one hand and a phone in the other? Yeah, it was, it was hilarious, dude. Huh. And I guess I was guilty because I had mine in my hand and took a picture. Yeah, I was going to say, how'd you get the picture without your phone in your hand, sir? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, good. Well, no, I mean, that's a great summertime activity. Um, is there like, can you like, you know, for what we're looking to do this summer, uh, you know, this fall, you know, are there opportunities to to walk rivers and scout for elk? Uh, no, because we're going to be up in the high, high mountains. Mm. We're going to be up where the streams are pretty puny, but down below, I mean, you got the John day river. So that's a big, big river. Okay. Well, maybe we'll have to, we'll see about that. We'll, we'll have to work yeah. something out. At least just go maybe stand by the river and point up and say they're up there. Um, so we'll yeah. work that out, but I'm looking forward to it, man. I mean, summer's on its way. Hopefully things loosen up around you guys and you find a way to, um, uh, get out there and, and make your community stronger. Um, not more, you know, not, not a liability. Right. So, um, you know, I don't know how to do that, um, for everybody, but I, I think the best thing that I can do in my local spot is, is support, um, support as many local businesses as possible, um, including my guides and, and fly shops and things like that. So you guys, uh, get out there and try and do that too. And, uh, don't be afraid to uh, be a little selfish with your time and, um, in your wallet too, and, 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 
put some of that gear that everyone's buying to use and uh, get after it. We have a couple options here uh, at Backcountry and Barbells. Check out Basecamp. And um, Jeremy, I don't remember what episode number it was, but if you go into the show notes. Um, I, I think we're 70 or 71 now. No, I mean uh, the episode where we remixed your workout. Um, oh, yeah. I think, I think the episode. 67? Yeah, it's something like that. 68, 67, 68, or 69, but it's called, um, as I smack my lips in your ears, I am apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? That was awesome. Sir? Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It was called, um, let me just pull up the, the, as I, the thinking smack. <laughs> as I talk out loud here. Yeah, it was called uh, JD's Remix, uh, and that was episode... Um, I think it was. Now, are you going to post that one on the website? No, it. Uh, I haven't put. I could just put it up there on the website. People can grab it. Um, it's not on the website in particular, but where it is, I was going to say. Uh, looks like oh, is that that was episode sixty four? Yeah, if you guys go on to backcountry, oh, if you go on the backcountrybarbells dot com. And you go into the show notes of episode 64, um, what you'll see is the the workout that we're talking about where we took Jeremy's laundry list of high-volume workout. And what we had ended up doing was tapering it down and giving them a more targeted approach. And uh, you have the before and after in those show notes where you can click in and you can see how I took Jeremy's workout that he was doing and then kind of just kind of revamped it, applied some general strength and conditioning principles and trim the volume and, and came up with something else that so far has been working him. So you guys can check that out. And that's again, uh, go to back country and barbells, go to the episodes page and then scroll down to episode 64 and check out those show notes. It's a cool little PDF um, for you guys uh, who might be struggling with what to do at home. Um, you can see what Jeremy was doing um, on his own. And then when he did uh, after getting a little bit of help, so, so far, so good, right, brother? <laughs> That's been awesome, man. Cool, man. Well, sweet, guys. I hope I hope it's awesome for you guys out there, and hopefully somewhere in this show, um, we gave you some tidbits to help you train, hunt, and live your best life possible. Um, I know we got some weekend plans where we get that going. My wifey's looking at me, and uh, I think she wants to get outside, Jeremy. I think we, uh, we've been making it a really good habit of uh, doing the Sequalachu trail hike uh it's a nice little three mile loop we hit it all the time i've even been taking nice. i've been even taking my fly rod down there and practicing some casting and um haven't really hooked up yet uh i can't match the tides right um i gotta figure out there's there's some great sections um where it looks like it's really good habitat for the sea run but they're 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 pretty migratory um and not only do you have to catch the tide at the right time uh down there but uh so do the fish and uh, that doesn't always work out. But uh, you know what they say, a good day fishing is better than a bad day working. So uh, I can't complain. That's it. All right, fellas. We'll get after it. Jeremy, it was awesome talking to you again, man. Um, we'll be back after brother. shortly. And uh, well, thanks a lot, brother. All Appreciate right, it. have fun on your hike. I'll try. God bless America. God bless it, folks. Get after it. Cool. All right. Sweet. Let me pause this.